The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Four oh six on the Central Coast on this Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. You're listening to Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. Inviting you to stick around. Uh, still to come on this uh, broadcast. During the 5 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Tribune editor Joe Tarika and ACE reporter Lindsay Holden. Uh, they have been part of this nine-month project. They have been studying what we m- uh, might call substandard rental housing on the Central Coast. And I know we're not going to be able to cover it all in the space of an hour. They might have to come back for part two or part three. But this is a really good reporting, and I want to make sure we put the spotlight on it. And then I reached out to our friend Chris Aaron as uh, Donald Trump is on his way out of office. Uh, Chris is going to make the case for what Trump's record will be in terms of accomplishments in both domestic and foreign policy. David Holmes and Andy Greensfelder will be with us tomorrow. And they'll look ahead to what we might expect from a President Biden. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. This hour, always good to be in conversation with Mr. Jim Siebert. He joins us now. Jim, good afternoon. Hi, Dave. How are you, sir? Nice talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Before we get into the issue, how are things in the audiobook biz? Oh, man. Uh, I had a great year. I recorded more books than i ever had i did 23 books this year produced 23 books and uh all sorts of different subjects my last one was an interesting one it was it's an oxford university press book called the american south a very short introduction i guess uh i did not know this but oxford university press has a series uh that's this very short introduction series Kind of like the dummies books, yeah. You know, whatever. But this is a little bit more academic. This was a three and a half hour book that covered three hundred years of Amer of, of the history of the American South. Uh, if you can imagine being, I mean, it, it mentions W. E. B. Du Bois one time, you know, in the book. It mentions Robert E. Lee maybe twice in the book. It's just, it's a very quick. Um, kind of scholarly look at the at the history of the American South. And what was really interesting about it is I'm I've always been pretty derisive of the South <laughs> having having lived there and having or close to there and having worked with a number of uh, companies that you know that were in the South and I've always just been a little you know elitist west coast elitist attitude toward the South. And uh, and this book yeah, yeah it didn't change my mind completely. But it, it uh, added some light to, to some of the, uh, the great historical and great scientific advances and cultural advances that have come out of the South. So I like to tell people that the reason I narrate audiobooks is because I like to be the smartest person in the room for a while. And, uh, and so this book has now made me, for three and a half hours, the smartest person in the, in the room uh, when discussing uh, American Southern history. So I would also think, though, uh, because of COVID, the demand for audiobooks is way up. People oh, want it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. I, I, uh, I should, is it something like 18 or 20% again this year over last year? And uh, already over a billion dollars in sales. Um, and not only are the number of people who are re- listening to audiobooks up, but the number of people that are recording and producing them are up because a lot of stage and screen actors, uh, and especially theater, live theater actors, can't work. That's right. Even, yeah. even now. And so they are, there's this mad rush to build a home studio and to, and to start. Uh, act, you know, doing uh, doing voice acting um, to the point where some I tried to buy some equipment a while, a new microphone a while back, and it was on back order, and that's just something you know that just doesn't happen. But there's so many people trying to you know starting to get into the business, so uh, so the quality of the read, the quality of the acting is. Uh, is also improving. Well, the the perfect example of this, I think, is the new uh, James Taylor memoir. Well, it's not; it's been out a couple months now, but he wrote, yeah. he wrote a memoir uh, about the first twenty one years of his life. But it is only available as an audio book. Yeah, you have huh. to pay, you have I'm... to pay the money. He tells the story, but you can't get it on Kindle. You can't get a hard copy. You can't get a paperback. You can only get the audio version. I'm surprised that they haven't come out with a table, what do they call those, coffee table books, picture books, because I'm sure that with, uh, with JT there would be some incredible photographs. I narrated a book earlier this fall about Bruce Springsteen. It's called Bruce Springsteen, The Story Behind the Songs, uh, written by Brian Hyatt, who's a uh, Rolling Stone editors followed Springsteen for years, and it's it's a it's the story behind every single song on every single studio album that Springsteen produced uh, from 1994 on, which which was his first. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fascinating book. I learned a lot about Springsteen the other day. I watched him on Saturday Night Live, and I. It was cool because I could identify the drummer and the guitar player and the piano player. And I was, oh, yeah, I read about those guys. So uh, those kinds of books uh, are really interesting, really fun for, for fans. I didn't know that, Jay, that uh, James Taylor had one out. I'll have to, I've always enjoyed his music. James, James Siebert. I almost called you James Taylor. James ah. called me Jim Siebert on this broadcast. All right, so that would be good. Here's you came up with this topic. I'm intrigued by yeah. this topic. I've never tried this before, so let's set this up. All right. So uh, you know the, the the phrase. What is it? If I if I knew then what I know now, you know, things would be different. You know we, and so we uh, you know we always we we wonder what how would things have been. So a couple weeks ago uh, on uh, on Facebook, one of the Facebook narrator groups, somebody posted on there, in three words, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? And it just got, you know, that got me to thinking, uh, what would I, you know, what would I tell my, my teenage self if I could go back? I doubt my teenage self would listen to a 66-year-old person, but, uh, you know, if, if I could, because uh, you know, back then we weren't supposed to trust anybody over 30. Um, and then I, I've been kicking around this idea of, uh, I don't know, a screenplay or a novel or something. I've been kicking around this idea, and I'll just I'll put it out there because I don't care if somebody steals it because I'll probably never get around to doing it. But 
the idea, the premise for this uh, for this screenplay is a 60-year-old man wakes up on his birthday, on his 60th birthday, and he's he's had a relatively successful life. Nothing, you know, nothing to to write home about, but you know, he's done okay. And he as he walks into his kitchen, there's a a young kid standing there in the kitchen. Uh, and he looks vaguely familiar, and all of a sudden he realizes through conversation that it's him at 18. And the kid is pissed that that the 60-year-old wasted a lot of opportunity. It's like, what the heck happened to, you know, all these plans you had when you were 18? So, So that's the other side of this question. You know, what would you tell your 18-year-old self, if you could? And on the other side, the flip side, what would your 18-year-old self say to you today? Well, which I, th- which <laughs> I think is even more intriguing than the, the what-if story. Hmm. You know, well, kind I, of the why, why not? Yeah. Why didn't you do this? Yeah, but let's use here as an example. So what would you say to your 18-year-old self? It, that that ran around and ran around, and I think the the one thing that that plunked down on me was stay in the theater, stay in the arts. Um, that's where I was at eighteen. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to act. And life and responsibilities and that first marriage and all of that stuff got in the way. And now as I look back, I don't regret. I, I regret not staying in. I'm very happy where I am now because I've made full circle. I'm back in that. I'm acting. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a blast uh, with, with that part of my, of my creativity. Uh, but I think I would tell my 18-year-old self to, you know, stay in the arts. Don't, you know, don't run off and, be, and become respectable. <laughs> um, let's see. If I had to say something to my eight-year-old, my eighteen-year-old self, I yeah. would say, "Get out to California as soon as possible." And you were where? You were in Indiana. I grew up, I grew up in Illinois, and okay. I, I lived in Minnesota and Utah and Oklahoma and Indiana, pursuing a career that I really had no desire to do. So, if I could say something to my eighteen-year-old self, it would be just go to California. Have the confidence, get out there, do whatever it is that is waiting for you in California, but don't waste your time doing all this other stuff because I essentially wasted 10 years of my life. That's kind of what Jay Leno told me, you know, when I wrote him. Remember remember that? I wrote Jay Leno a letter and asked him how I could get into comedy, and he called me. He called you, yeah. (laughs) And he called me. I thought it was my brother playing a trick on me. And basically what he said was, he says, he says, come to get to California now. And uh, he says, if you own a house, burn your effing house down and come out to California. So um, maybe right. that's that's good advice for everybody. Yeah? All right, let's have a break away. We'll come back with Jim Siebert. Let's pursue this question, see what we can do with it. And think about this during the break. I, obviously, it's a hypothetical, but if you had a chance to talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you say? What advice would you give? What life lesson have you learned? 
I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. Jim Siebert, our guest for the hour, is posting an interesting question. What would you say to your 18-year-old self? On the Stolberg Law KVC text line, it didn't take this listener long. He or she is writing <laughs> in, buy Apple stock. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah. All right, let's take uh, it. Apple and let's, Google. Let's take a call. We got Alan in San Luis on oh, KVC. Hey, like Alan. having your thunder stone from me is exactly what I was going to say. Now we must, must have watched Forrest Gump because that, <laughs> that was in that movie. Uh, where he was handed some stock, and he had no idea what it was. We know it's Apple. I try not to remember that movie. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Ah, uh, so now coming up with something else. I mean, I can think of little mistakes that I wish I hadn't made. Won't go there on the radio. No, but... and, and let me make that clear. We're not looking for true confessional here from people. No, yeah. and you won't get one. Yeah. But that's why I was, this being tongue-in-cheek is good. It's just thinking of... And it is good to think of, even if you did something that didn't come out right, maybe some good came out of it. So I, I like that's why I like the Apple stock is something that you can laugh at. It's always fun. It's always good that way to laugh at what's going on when you can. There's something to be said from learning a lesson from your mistakes. The key is not to make the same mistake twice. That's right. I was, I think I was maybe in, I was in my early 20s back east uh, promoting bluegrass festivals, and I got a, a humongous a cash bonus of a thousand dollar cash bonus, which at the time in 1973, something like that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought about buying gold because you, you know, back in the, what was it? 72, 73 Nixon, um, allowed us to buy gold again. And, uh, back then I think gold was about $175 <laughs> an ounce. And I had a financial advisor tell me, Oh, you'll just be, you will never make money at that. The <laughs> assay fees will always eat up. Ay, 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 ay. So I would that, try, it's I'd called find a better gold. financial advisor, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, have fun, guys. All right, Alan, thanks for the call. Yeah, we're not looking for true confessions here, but I, it's an interesting question. What would you say yeah. to your 18-year-old self if you could? Pick up the phone, give us a call, or text in. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. John in St. Louis is texting in. By the way, he loves this segment. Here's what he would say, uh, Jim. You aren't as smart as you think you are. Being hypercritical of everyone and everything only makes you the bad person and count your blessings. Is he saying that to me today or am I supposed to say that to the 18-year-old? Because... Yeah, it would be very easy for somebody to say that to me today. <laughs> You're not as smart as you think you are. Well, but now here's the other part of it is that, okay, I could have listened to my 18-year-old self, and I could have moved to California, and I probably would not have made the decisions, the mistakes that I made for that next 10 years or whatever. But let's face it, I would have made different mistakes, and at eighteen year at eighteen years old, were you anything at all like you are today? Let me think about that as we hear from Larry on KVEC. Hi, Larry. Hey. Hey, Larry. Plastics. <laughs> Everyone's calling it with movie references. Well, that's the word. Yeah, Larry. What now would... I would be in agreement with you in terms of. 
get out to California as soon as you could, at which point I would have told myself uh, do a little more LSD, race motorcycles more, and run around with more women. <laughs> this is Vintage Larry. What is it about guys from New Jersey who just want to get out to California? I'll see you later. All right, buddy. Uh, Have you ever been to New Jersey? That should answer that question. Well, I was born in New Jersey. So was Larry. You were, okay. I was born in Teaneck. All my roots are in what New do, Jersey. Well, now, how here, do you know? Uh, let's hear from Dirk on KVEC. Hi, Dirk. Yeah, I w- wouldn't really change a darn thing, believe it or not. Uh, a little bit of the, the too confessional type of thing, I probably lecture myself a little bit of the behavior. Not too bad, but uh, a little bit of tips there. But, uh, uh, in, in my later 20s, I got hit pretty hard with a medical thing you'll never hear about. So I'm lucky to be around. And subsequent to that, I was able to pe- teach myself a little bit of Greek and Sanskrit, see how many brain cells I had left. So I've done things I never expected to do. I had to do a little scuba diving here and there, rock climbing, and this, that, and that. I was never a worldly success. Yeah. I can't understand why people have all these material goodies, and their joy in life is putting it in my face. As, as a matter of comparison, how much better they are to me, I don't get it. Why aren't you enjoying your material goods? And try to, instead of this uh, uh, public image management with your, with your material goods, but I'm basically all good. Uh, Dirk, can I ask, were you in an accident in your late 20s? No, uh, it had to do with the immune system. It came out of nowhere. I went down. I went up and uh, juggling between an old YMCA in San Diego, which is now uh, the, the Symphony parking lot, Hubbard Brackenberry Yacht Brokerage, according to our island where I sold my boat, one up and back in St. Louis. I went down, and uh, uh, I was never properly diagnosed. I did that myself. So <laughs> it was no fun for about a year, year and a half. Uh, but you survived. So, uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say, Dirk? I'm I'm good to go. I'm, I'm, and I'm not. I'm going to endure to the end. I'm not stopping for nobody. I'm not in the popularity business. <laughs> we wouldn't have you any other way, Dirk. Thanks for the call. What was I like at 18? Um, I had just started drinking. I was a freshman in college. I was uh, very shy. Uh, more I could say, but it probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> let's go to news. I'm going to be saved by the news here. And we got traffic and we've got weather. Interesting phone call so far. Maybe we'll get uh, Craig in on this conversation. Jim Siebert is asking the question, what would you say to your 18-year-old, yourself, your 18-year-old self, if you could? A little introspection here. We're live, we're local. You're listening to Hometown Radio. We invite you to stick around during the 5 o'clock hour. We will have a conversation with Tribune editor Joe Tarika and veteran reporter Lindsay Holden about the series that they have been uh, presenting on substandard living in this county. They've done a nine-month study. I think it's been some pretty impressive reporting. Let's hear directly from them. We are in uh, conversation with uh, Jim Siebert who is asking the question, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Interesting text, Jim, on the Stolberg line. In 1993, my landlord offered to sell me her home for $170,000. It was a home in Laguna Lake. 
and now those homes are worth $700,000 or more. It was a yeah. huge regret of mine. Of course, yeah. Yeah. My goodness gracious. If uh, if we'd only known. People would say things like, well, I would have bought Apple stock. When folks call in, it would be interesting if we could ask Dave what, what year or about what year they were 18. Um, wow. the, the text earlier, somebody said, well, you know, what I would tell my 18-year-old self is to buy Apple stock. Well, I was 18, Steve Jobs was 17. So, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't an Apple at the time, but, uh, so what, interesting. Yeah. What were you like at 18? I was a lot, I was a lot more like I am now than I have been for the past, I don't know, 20, 30 or so years. Um, I, I was, uh, I was a dreamer. I, uh, wanted to sing in the band. I wanted to, uh, I auditioned at the Birdcage Theater in Knott's Berry Farm, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do that. Um, I wanted to be on radio. I wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, an entertainer, a, a disc jockey, and then, you know, took a side trip through corporate America. Yeah, and but what were you, what were you like? Were you shy? Were you outgoing? Were you, did you know uh, what you wanted? Yeah, no, I didn't really know what I wanted. Uh, I was having I was having fun doing all this artistic, creative stuff, but it never really dawned on me to seriously pursue it. That was just uh, it, it was fun. I you know I I was having fun, and I can't remember exactly when it was in mid seventies when I uh, I think I you know I bought my first washer and dryer after I'd been married a couple of years, and it was like <laughs> wow. I am now respectable. You're old. And uh, it, mm-hmm. I'm old. You know, it wasn't something I'd planned. So we open up the phone lines again. I invite your phone calls for Jim Sieber. I love this question. I love the phone calls we've gotten so far. He's uh, suggesting the question, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Or no, even the flip. Even the flip. What would, your, yeah. what would your 18-year-old uh, self think of you today? Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, what... Would your 18-year-old self be disappointed or thrilled with where you are now? Uh, On the Stahlberg line, get a lot while you're young. (laughs) Get a lot of what? Yeah, well, I'm not going to push that one. Well, really, you know, it doesn't matter. Get a lot, whatever. Just get, you can fill in the blank yourself. <laughs> Just get a lot. I understand. I'm going to leave it yeah. at that. Just All right. get it while you're young. All right. And the other part of this, Jim, is that uh, what changes is, I'd like to think, uh, maturity. You know, it's part of the process of growing older growing old, whatever you want to call it, is that we have a better sense of what's important, what's not important. When we're 18, we're like this texter, just go out and get a lot. Yeah, you're right. We do. We mature. We learn. We, you know, we learn to be respectable. I, I went to a workshop last November, so it's been just a little over a year, an acting workshop where uh, the instructor was going through the four archetypes uh, of the characters that we would meet. You've got the, the baby, the, you know, the infant, the youth, the adult, and the crone. And, the, and he had us um, pantomime 
um, how we felt as the baby, the youth, the, the adult, and the crone. And I found myself much more comfortable with the youth than I did with the adult, and I'm approaching that, that last one, I hate to admit. Um, and I, and I felt some things when I was trying to be, when I was trying to play the part of the child or the youth, I felt some things that I hadn't felt in a long, long time. I felt, you know, I, I, I wanted to have fun. I, I wanted to be less serious. And, uh, and so I, I you know, I'd probably tell my 18 year old self, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Well, don't yeah. on the Stolberg line, uh, this listener would congratulate. I would congratulate myself for keeping my vow to get all the education I wanted. So that's what that's what the eighteen year old would tell the adult. I would, yeah, interesting. Well, let's hear let's hear from Craig Hill. Craig, what would you tell your eighteen year old self? All right, uh, just to go along with everybody else, I actually did have first uh, invest in Apple, uh, like everyone else. Everyone has that wish. Man, if only I would have. Uh, but, uh, my serious thing is to tell myself that life is very long and relax. Nah. It, it will come to you. And the most important thing is listen to your dad, go to a real college. I remember packing my car, my 65 Thunderbird trunk as I was moving to Hollywood to go to <laughs> music school. And my dad was in the driveway telling me you have a full scholarship to Cal Poly. You should go to Cal Poly. And to me, in wait, you know, wait, stop. You had a full scholarship to Cal Poly. Yeah, I, it was. And you a, didn't go. No, and uh, oh, okay. So it, it was a thing. That says a lot. It was a diversion of. It was diverting a lawsuit. That that's a this whole story about my dad and employment. Anyway, so I could have gone to Cal Poly. It would have been free. And to me, you know, I grew up around ag my whole life, so I was always rebelling against it. I wanted to be, you know, New York City guy, and my whole life it was always ag stuff. And so I wanted to go to music school. I want to go to Hollywood. I want to do all these things. And my dad said, go to college. Go to Cal Poly. And to me, Cal Poly was an ag school, so I didn't want to go there. And I went to music school and eventually dropped out. And uh, that was probably that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. My, I remember my dad in the driveway begging me to stay and go to college and wow. not go to music school. What a story, Jim. That is, that's quite a story, yeah. All right. My goodness. Welcome to your phone calls. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. Jim Siebert asking the question, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Bill is in Napomo. Hi, Bill. Hey, Dave. Another Hi, fascinating show. Thank you. Well, thank you. I think, topic. yeah, I probably would say quit wasting your time. You're an idiot. And, uh, hmm. you know, bring Christ into your life. Accept him. I and uh, because when I did that years later, when I was 23, not only did it, you know, give me eternal security and knowing where I was going when I died, because the Lord had forgiven me of my sin, but it also gave me a really good perspective of life and how to make wiser decisions. So I would tell my 18-year-old self, it's not about religion. It's really a great uh, time to have a relationship with the living God. That's what I would tell myself. But you're only five years off, Bill. It only took you five years to get there. Yeah, well, I'm not the sharpest blade in the drawer. Well, I don't, I don't, I, you know, you and I disagree on that, but I respect your opinion. And the fact to me that you discovered it at age 23, that it works yeah. for you, I think that's pretty admirable. 
Yeah, okay, no kidding. Thank you, but you, if you would have known me when I was 18, I was, I was out there. Well, and, uh, a lot of those, so I a lot of those I could have done there. a lot more things. Like, yeah. I admire you. You went to college and all that, and I never really went to college, and I would have, obviously, you can't do it over, but, you know, I would have loved to have gone down that road and, you know, did something with my mind. Can't you, but, get, a, uh, can't you get a degree now? Oh, I could at seventy-two, but mm-hmm. you know, by then, you know, you know I, I have no. It would be covered with mildew, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but but uh, you know, no. But now, no, I'm totally happy and satisfied now. Yeah, and because I've been a Christian for fifty years, and it's been wonderful, and the Lord has blessed me. I've had a great. I've worked twenty-five years on the railroad. I worked twenty-five years full-time ministry, so I have no complaints at all. Yeah. Uh, All right, Bill. But I, that's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Fair enough. And, 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 Bill, we appreciate the call. But, Jim, that comes to the question, are you happy now? Are you happy with the way your life turned out? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, tremendously. Uh, and that which, which, which makes this such, a, such an esoteric ad- adventure, uh, such a, a weird conversation is, you know, I'm happy with the way things have turned out they would have been considerably different but not yeah. not necessarily better that's a key point we've got randy and grover on kvec hi randy hey dave how you doing oh, good randy how are you buddy oh good hi jim um hi. i have i got some advice early on from my dad who said have fun while you're young because all you got to look forward to is working your ass off the rest of your life. <laughs> well, that goes back and, to the earlier texture. Get a lot while you're young. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, I did that, and it took me a few years to get through college, but I had a lot of fun. I worked my way through, uh, you know, and uh, uh, the experiences made, made me more mature. I still made a few more mistakes that I wish I hadn't, of course, like all of us relationships and stuff but uh uh all in all it worked out pretty well so so here's here's the thing why do we have to lose the why do we have to lose the youth as we get older why do we have to lose the excitement for life as we get older Uh, i have not I still am very excited about everything, except my body won't let me do some of the things that I still like to do. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> yep. <laughs> like yeah. get up, get up off the floor. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> uh, a great know, point. Things like that. So I'm glad I did a bunch of the stuff that I did. I was able to play uh, sports at Cal Poly, rugby and football, and I did a lot of scuba diving when I was young. And uh, I wouldn't be able to do that now. Now that I'm retired, I can do light stuff, but not. Not not the, not the same. Uh, so I was able to do some of those things, and I also worked my my butt off, you know, during the early years, uh, so I could do all that stuff. Um, uh, but but uh, you know, it, it was uh, great advice by my dad, and I tell all the kids that have fun while you're young. That's a great call, Randy. Thank you very much. I'm loving these calls we're getting. Still time for yours. Eight zero five five four three double eight three zero. Eight hundred five four nine five eight three two. Jim Siebert on this broadcast asking a fundamental question: What would you say to your eighteen-year-old self? I know it's a hypothetical, 
But if you could go back and have a conversation with your 18-year-old version of you, what would you say? On the Stolberg Law KVC text line, texture number one, uh, continue my athletic career, stop drinking, and get a four-year college degree. There's another one, Jim, regret about not getting a college degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mary in Paso is textured number two. I was 18, late 1970. I would tell myself as my dad tried to, don't get married when you're 18. I wanted to be a flight <laughs> attendant, but was not raised with a lot of self-confidence. Back in the day, you had to be pretty, so tall, and weigh a certain, weigh, a certain, weigh a certain amount. I didn't have the self-confidence to do that. And last but not least, my dad again suggested save 10% of your money. He said, if you're going to starve, you will starve on uh, 90%. Interesting. All right, uh, more calls coming in. We've got, we've got Ron in Arroyo Grande on KVEC. Hi, Ron. Hello, Dave. How are you? We're good, Ron. How are you? Well, I look at it a little bit different. Uh, you, you, I'm 75, so 18. Yeah, I could have did a lot of other things different. But you don't know how those different things would have turned out. Bingo. You do, yeah. you do know how it turned out by the path that you went down. And you may not, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, but you don't know what those paths would have brought you. It could have brought you headaches and heartaches and everything else. And, and I, I guess uh, instead of looking back, I look back for yeah, all the memories, but all the memories of the path, path that I took, and I look forward um, to my life, uh, whatever life is left. Uh, and when you get up 75, that roller coaster is really whizzing down that hill. Hey, so. hey, hey, don't remind me. I'm not that far behind you. Jim, I'm, I'm loving what Ron yeah. is saying. Yeah, I, I do too. And it, it, you, you, you just don't know how things would have been different. You know, that, that first marriage was an absolute hell on earth. Had I not gotten married, how would that have changed, uh, you know, the arc of my life? I know it would be changed, but maybe the pain that I went through then makes me a better husband and father now, and so maybe I'm better off because of that. So, you know, if you go back and tell the 18-year-old, don't marry her, um, you know, you, you never know. It, that that may have been something that adds to the to the joy that I have now. Interesting. Ron, anything else you want to say? No, no, I think that's about it. You guys have a happy holiday. And to you, Ron, thanks for calling. Good perspective. Let us hear from Phil in San Luis. Hi, Phil. Hey, Dave. Hi, Phil. I, li uh, I like your last guest. He kind of got me thinking after listening to him uh, about what would change in your life. But as long as say that nothing would change in my life, like my marriage, my wife, and my kids, I think I would have uh, thought a little bit smarter early as an 18-year-old to uh, really hit the books a little bit longer. I ended up graduating Cal Poly, but I graduated so late in life, my career started late in life. So I think if I could have started my career earlier, I think I would have been ahead of myself and not spent money on a lot of the fun things that I did, but I don't regret them. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I would have saved that money and, like I said, bought more property, bought more houses, you know, look for more rental properties, things like that would have helped my uh, long-term goals to enjoy. I'm, but, this is great, Jim. I'm, I'm surprised no one has said what Phil's saying. I would have bought property earlier, more property sooner. 
Uh, yeah, why think, don't we? I, why don't we start saving when we're young people? You know, yeah. put a dollar a week away. So many don't. Yeah, including me. I'm saving now, but I could have done it 30 years ago. I'd be a lot better off. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I mean, and and it's funny you you. This is a great conversation because I'm having this with my 20 year old daughter, who just turned 21. That I'm already starting at her in her first retirement account. Uh, start putting money away. I'd like to see her retire when she's 50 and then able to enjoy her life instead of doing it later in life. And she's like, well, I don't know if I can do that every month. My financial planner is talking to her. So can you put away 50 bucks? Hey, that's a start. It gets the door open. I'm, impre- and, uh, yeah, I'm impressed by the fact she has a financial planner at the age of 20. And me too. She walked <laughs> to me and asked that question and she goes, I want to, I want to start putting my money away. I don't want to just leave it in the bank account that doesn't make any money. Something in there, we had that conversation early in life that it stuck with her, and she's already looking for, at 20, going on 21, looking for her retirement. And I'm proud of her for that. I'm just hoping my two boys take that same, you know, that same path. Um, I don't know. Sometimes boys are a little bit slower than girls, from my point of view. And I would contest to that. (laughs) Uh, I love the call. Thank you, Phil. Uh, now, here's one before I take the next call. A little bit darker. Tell my best friend. What would I do if I could talk to my 18-year-old self? Tell my best friend to check his colon for cancer every year starting at 18. It was 2002 when I was 18. My best friend passed away last year from stage 4 colon cancer. Holy wow. cow. Holy cow, Jim Siebert. Wow. Powerful. That's a wow. A wow on all sorts of levels. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Nick is in the Pomo on KVEC. Hi, Nick. Hey, Dave. Hi, Nick. I really appreciate this show. It's uh, making every. I think everybody's reflecting, which is, uh, yeah, I think, positive. Um, my my two things I would tell myself is to travel more and have more kids. Um, I have one wonderful son, and I and in hindsight, I wish I had five of them. And uh, but the travel part, um, the little travel I did during my youth, it changed my view of the world and myself. And um, I wish I'd done more of it. And the people that I know that did travel a lot have an entirely different perspective on the world that I respect. Have you ever thought part. about becoming a foster dad? Uh, we have entertained it. Uh, yeah. We've actually gone all the way through the qualifications. Uh, oh. We're, we're, we're uh, you got me. You got me. I, I've actually we've we've actually done like um, I think there's like twelve steps or ten steps or something to qualifying. I think we've done most of them. Well, good so, for you. Yeah, Jim, having having more kids and traveling more. Yeah, yeah. Those things. I don't know how those things go hand in hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, they, 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 they do. They do. They both make you poorer, but richer <laughs> and spirit. Yeah, yeah. I love there it. you go. Very good. All right, Nick. Thank you. Let me squeeze in Rick and Templeton as we continue our all guy show. Hey, Rick. Hi, Dave and Jim. Hey. I'd say, Rick, it's so good that you woke up and quit trying to be so adventuresome and doing things that you could have got hurt and broke bones doing. What'd like you... when, I w- when I was 18, one of the things I was going to go to Long Beach, and I wanted to go to Deep Sea Hard Hat Diving School, where you'd work on, you know, underwater with welding and stuff with uh, on the on the oil derricks, right. and I'm so glad I didn't do that. And then I used to snow ski, and I mean, I would go fast and mm-hmm. car- drive cars fast. 
a big rig really, really fast, pretty much the same route that James Dean yeah. you know, took. Uh, I'm just glad I grew out of that and was really ha- and was happy to just stay in this little area where where I was born at, uh-huh. Paso Robles, Templeton area, and um, I'm super healthy. And I got to let you go. I appreciate the call, Rick. I'm glad that you're with us as well. Nice job by Mr. Jim Siebert, who gets about 40 seconds for a final thought. The the final thought is sometimes the best questions you can ask yourself don't have black and white, yes and no, up or down answers. Sometimes the best questions are those that just can't be answered. How's that? Boy, this hour's been deep. (laughs) <laughs> it's, been, something. it's too deep for am radio this is like uh guy rathbun or something a uh, nice job jim happy holidays thanks for joining us you too my friend bye-bye all right uh we'll be back with more of hometown radio well here's an interesting tidbit of news the tribune is reporting southwest airlines is going to be coming to santa barbara airport that's very interesting i'm glad i hung on to my uh Chase Southwest credit card. I was about to get rid of it. Anyway, speaking of the Tribune, when we come back from the news, we've got editor Joe Tarika, top reporter Lindsay Holden. They have been spending months on this uh, substandard of living series. It is worth your attention. It's worth listening to as well. We'll have that conversation as we continue. I'm Dave Congleton. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.